you smell what the rock is cooking? Acknowledge me. You don't know what hard times are, daddy. We are bad to the bone. Get it? Bad to the bone. Tell me when I'm telling lies. I'll fight anybody who do you want. Just let me fight them. Let me tell you something, Jim Ross. Make a pose, yeah. Oh, we got it for you. We are the best. Smart marks. And that's the bottom line. Cause Stone Cold said so. Listeners, welcome back to another episode of Talk'em in the Building, a wrestling podcast where we talk about the talkers, we hype the hype man, and of course, we gotta pontificate on the promo. I'm Adrian. You already know it's no BS from me, and I'm honored as always to be joined by our my wonderful co-host, my guy in Atlanta, Greg. How are you feeling? How are you living, my friend? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm ready to to talk him into the building on this special Valentine's edition, man. I'm, this one's going to be fun. This one's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely, definitely. And out west, out west. Actually, let's let's pull back the curtain for a quick second there, listeners. The reason why we're doing this is not just because it's love in the air and Valentine's Day is around the corner, but we got a co-host who just got married. So uh, let's go and give him a round of applause and all that love to he and his wonderful wife. What's going on, Adelaide? How how's life treating you? I'm loving it. First first uh, Valentine's Day as a married man, so it's, it's something else. I really gotta put in the effort over here. <laughs> make make it memorable. Amen. I need to get that Amen. reservation well, two months ago. Nice. Well, like I said, man, the reason why we came up with this idea for this episode was not just because Valentine's around the corner, but we got a co-host who's celebrating his marriage. And one thing, I, I just celebrated my one-year anniversary. Shout out to our wonderful graphic artist, Lois. Um, She's great. She's tight. <laughs> Uh, but one thing about marriage, one thing about these weddings, you get a whole bunch of advice, some good, some bad. So instead of asking you a question, Ali, I wanted it to be, uh, Greg and Adrian giving out of lead advice type situation, <laughs> right? So Greg, I want to, I want to ask you, I want you to give advice to myself after my one year and Adali going into his new marriage because you're an OG and you've been mm. married. You've been blessed to be married all this time and have a wonderful family. What's your advice on marriage? Oh, that's broad, bro. Oh man. Um, I think at the end of the day, understand it's not 50, 50. It's 100-100. You both control this thing. You both have so much influence over the other. A lot of times people want to say it's 50-50, which means I, I, I can't even be successful. I can't be 100% happy without you, right? And mm. there's times I've got to carry 70% of the load. There's times i got to carry 100% of the load. And my attitude can 100% affect the entire marriage and vice versa. Uh, I think that's that's one of the things I've tried to live by. It's hard. I'm not going to lie. Um, the other thing is sometimes we got to shut up, y'all. We got to just be quiet <laughs> and it's just and just listen because men and women are different, man. I mean, and you don't always realize it until you get married, but they're more emotional than we are. We're more logical. Mm -hmm. We want to solve problems. We and, and I know for myself, I want to solve, solve, solve. And sometimes they just want to talk. They want us to listen mm. and the art of it is try to listen, but Hey, look, we're, we're in this wrestling thing. We know how that works. The art of it is to make it feel like you're listening. It's <laughs> so even mm. if you're not totally listening, act like you are right. And, um, there's that. And I think that the other part is you got to serve each other. Definitely. Ha, ha, and and it never look at, I expect her to serve me. We do have roles, and I do believe we have certain roles within marriage. But at the end of the day, you should serve each other. 
there's no reason that you shouldn't. Um, I heard a pastor recently say this. You have company come to your house. And what's one of the first things? Hey, can I get you something to drink? Can I get you something to eat? Can I, can I you know, make some coffee or whatever? Mm-hmm. So we want to treat our company better than we treat our spouse. Mm-hmm. Why not go ahead and do that for them? Hey, baby, let me grab you a cup of coffee. Let me grab you, a, you know, some water or whatever. And I think those little pieces there, 100, 100, listen and um, serve, serve each other. I like that, man. That's that's some great advice, man. That's some great advice. Out of lead, I'm I'm only a year in, man. I'm not a grizzled vet just yet. <laughs> Although sometimes it feels like it. Yeah. I got I got a little advice for you. Number one, number one, it has to be you guys come up with some traditions. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that uh Lois and I even before we got married, we were big on, we're going to do these kind of little traditions throughout the year. Halloween, we're going to do a jack-o'-lantern contest, carving mm-hmm. contest. We're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Christmas, we make our own uh, Christmas ornaments so that we can hang them on the tree. We'll put the date on it. And each year is just getting more and more artistic, you know, that sort of thing. Valentine's Day in particular, uh, we do a paint and sip. Essentially, I make dinner. I make some fancy dinner and we set up uh we set up a little painting studio for both of us. And on the back, we alternate, mind you, we alternate the setup of what's going to be the quote to inspire the painting. And it's got to be a quote that, you know, represents love or something that's some proverb or some something to inspire the love and that sort of passion. Because one thing that I've learned, Pat, I mean, uh, traditions, traditions motivate you to go all out because, because relationships, marriage and all of that stuff, it's an everyday thing. It's not, you can't take a break from it. It's an everyday thing and you want to always keep things fresh. And that's one way of doing it. Let's make some traditions. Let's go all in on it and do that sort of thing. And a big piece of advice, an immediate piece of advice in your first year of marriage, I would tell you, take as many pictures as possible. Mm. Be obnoxious about it. Be obnoxious about it. And you don't have to post it everywhere, but just have it. Just have it. Just have access to it because you guys are building a family. You're building a legacy and you want to ideally be that older couple with your grandkids wanting to look at pictures of you two growing together and building this legacy. So that's my number. That's my number one and two bits of advice for you. But before we get to you out of league, Greg, what's your one piece of advice going into his first year of marriage? Man, Reduce the noise. Mm. Understand it's about y'all. It's not about her parents or her friends or your parents and your friends. And sometimes that's hard, right? Sometimes it's like that family thing. And and even though, like, like Adrian said, those traditions, now the traditions are about y'all. It's not about anybody Definitely. else. And so, and that's going to hurt some feelings. I'll be honest with you. You got to be prepared to hurt those feelings yep. mm-hmm. that, you know what, you may on Easter or 4th of July or Christmas, you may want to start your own tradition that you don't get together with the family and that's okay. And I think that's, that's the other thing is understand that it's okay to be selfish together and to tell the family, no. Um, I know that was one of the things that we struggle with. I'm not gonna lie. Like we struggle with it. And we had to get to that point where it's like, this is us. This is about us. Um, going a little spiritual. I mean, you talk about when you get married, you leave your mom and dad. That's what it says in the Bible, not to take it all the way down that, but I do believe that. Right. And you leave your family to become your own family. And so mm-hmm. when you put that in perspective, whether you're spiritual or not, you're still doing that, right. You're still going to build your own legacy. Kind of like Adrian said, and mm-hmm. 
you got the only way you can build that is to be your own legacy. Yes, you still have ties back to your mom, your dad, and to your, you know everybody else. But the only way you can build your own is to be your own. That's dope, man. That's awesome. Adelie, what are your thoughts, man? You're you're getting gems, man. Wow, man. You I, and the I, listeners. I'm glad this is recorded because I'm going to go back and listen to this a couple of times. <laughs> uh, I appreciate, first of all, thank you for golden advice, essentially. It's, I think we, you know, off off the pocket, we talked about, you know, getting as much advice from folks that have been in good marriages and, you know, or even like, you know, you guys know what you're talking about. You know that you're seeing marriage as something that's a journey. It's not you know, all roses and petals and great. It's a wedding day and it's perfect. It's like, mm-hmm. it's an everyday grind and you can have your ups and downs, but as long as you're faithful for the idea of growth in your relationship, you're not going to backtrack. Right. And that makes me think of what you're saying. What I interpret it as is that growth has to happen through every iteration of the, of the other person and like, and vice versa. Right. You're growing together. And you might not be the same person five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, and be an accepting that that the person you love right now is going to change through Mm -hmm. natural evolution, through their own growth, through their own pursuits and respecting that. And I know that's something that why I fell in love with, you know, because she's seen my growth and I, I seen her growth and we push each other and we support each other and we're that constant for each other. And we can talk about, very openly about things so you know to to adrian's point i think creating tradition is super valuable because it unifies you right and it gives you that 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 what that what to look forward to and you can reinvent it and you can change it and you know Mm -hmm. we're looking at our first christmas and how we can do that we're big on road trips like that's become a pretty constant on our in our relationship and that's been great, right? We don't have to plan too much. We just have a couple points of interest. And it's about literally about the journey. It's literally mm-hmm. about getting there. And if we're late or not, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And then to Greg's point of view, yeah, creating your your own identity. I like the the idea of legacy because identity feels almost, it almost feels like it's something that's temporary. That's just in the moment. Whereas legacy mm-hmm. is has this broad, real, long-lasting view that you're building it brick by brick, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and like any pro wrestler, we're we're fans of reinvention, right? So if we're reinventing ourselves with our partner, then that relationship is never going to be stagnant. It's always going to be growing. It's always going to be mm-hmm. fresh. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciate the words of advice because going into it, that's that I got I got a piece of advice at a at a friend's party last time and someone who's been married for seven years so you know they they've been in it for a little bit and they they told me you know our goal is to be together uh, for thirty years then we changed it to forty years and then we said fifty years and when you put that perspective mm-hmm. with a number like that and you put age with it right it really puts in perspective disagreements you know differences of opinion is like where are we going like Definitely. this is our end goal how are we going to get there right so i appreciate it, gentlemen that's uh incredible advice that i will definitely be heeding as i continue on no oh, definitely man like i said salute to you and your lovely bride and best of luck in your first year and moving forward for sure yes for Thank sure you. but before we get started before we get started um, I want to say, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, this is not a relationship podcast. Don't worry. <laughs> <Maybe> it is. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't already, like, comment, subscribe, and of course, look us up on socials at Suplex Dinner Club. And be sure to check out our other projects. We talk college football on Dogs versus All Y'all. That's a weekly college football podcast where we don't just talk about the Georgia Bulldogs. We talk about all things college football, the Life and Times pod, which is short for the Life and Times of a Restaurant Lifer podcast, where I have some chill conversations with some cool and interesting people that I've met in my years in the hospitality industry. And of course, check out Talk Em in the Building. That's a pro wrestling podcast where we solely focus on the promo. We talk about the talkers, we hype the hype men, and we pontificate on the promo. 
It's a fun project, and if you're a pro wrestling fan, I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. If you're into TV and movie reviews, check out Four Corner Cinema with Ari and Adrian, a podcast where two lifelong pro wrestling fans review film and other forms of media that just so happen to have some of our favorite pro wrestlers. The Suplex Dinner Club family is growing, and I would love for you to be a part of it. This is, uh, Once again, this is Talk em in the Building. We're a pro wrestling podcast that solely focuses on the promo. So uh, promos, segments, and great moments in this sport that we all love. So today, once again, it's love in the air. We got a co-host who's just got married and we're super excited for him. We have selected a couple of our favorite weddings and whatnot segments or wedding moments in professional wrestling. So I want to start off with you, Greg, because okay. um, actually, actually, I'm sorry, Greg, before we even get started there, because you've mentioned it, and I definitely want to hear you about your experience. You were, you were at Teddy Long's wedding, right? Correct. The segment there in Atlanta. Yes. And wasn't Jagged Edge there and those guys? And oh, yes. yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So shout, shout out to those guys. Greg, I want to know about that experience because you had some you had some funny notes about that, that experience for sure. So it was a SmackDown. And if you've ever been to a SmackDown or a Raw Live anyway, it's a TV show, right? So you're you're going to be there. Right. It's not action the whole yeah. time. It's fun to be there. And this thing just felt like it took forever. <laughs> and the coolest thing to me was seeing Doom come out because Ron Simmons and, and Butch Reed together with Teddy, right? Because right? Teddy used to, you know, being in that same building, well, in the same place. They, they used to go in the Omni. But if, if for anybody who right. doesn't know, State Farm Arena, back then it was called Phillips Arena, it's built on the same footprint, the same exact place that the Omni was. So having, as a kid, gone to CWCW and see Teddy Long come out with Doom in the masks, without the masks, that was a cool throwback to me that they were there. Um, but beyond that, dude, it was so long. And the, the fans totally turned. And it did not come across that way on TV. This is the time when SmackDown right. was taped, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And... They they edited out the fans. The fans were chanting, "We want wrestling. This sucks." Oh, no. um, it was <laughs> the "We want wrestling" thing was. This isn't <laughs> wrestling. I mean, all this. I mean, the fans totally turned on it. And at the point where Teddy fell out, people started booing. And so it was just, it was just, it was just a mess. I'm sure WWE in the background was just like, okay, edit all this stuff out. We got to <laughs> yeah, block out all these fans. Up. Yeah, it was just awful, man. And I swear it took up. I'm sure it didn't, but it, I felt like it took over an hour. I mean, it took mm. forever, but because the, the whole setup and everything mm -hmm. at the time, and um, man, it was just, it was awful. I'm not gonna lie. Now, when I watched it on TV, it did come off as awful as it did on in right. in live. But man, it was just like we left like this was a waste of my time to the point that I was like, I'm not coming back to another SmackDown or Raw. I'm just not. It's just Dang. that wasn't worth my time. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It was bad, man. It was bad. I love Teddy. And to me, when we talk about talents um, across all of wrestling, that is one of the most underrated talents mm -hmm. ever in the history of wrestling. Yes, we talk about talking him into the building. The dude could talk you into the building as a heel manager. Um, back in WCW, he was good. Whether he was with mm -hmm. Johnny B. Bad, whether he was with Doom, whoever he was with, he could talk you in. When he became a general manager, uh, he was awesome. He, he reinvented himself. But if you remember, he was a referee first. Mm -hmm. If you go back to that original trilogy that I'll still argue the best trilogy of all time, Chi-Town Rumble 89, the referee that raised Ricky Steamboat's hand was Teddy Long. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. So he's a referee, kind of becomes a bad referee, and then becomes a manager. Right. Transitions to WWE as a referee. I don't know if you guys remember that, but he came into WWE as a That's ref. Right. That's right. And then ended up becoming, a, you know, 
more of a manager and more of a, a talking head and all of that. So here's somebody who could ref, who actually ran his own promotion here in Atlanta for several years, mm-hmm. who um, could talk you into the building from a manager standpoint, could be a commentator at times. He could be um, the, the general manager, entertaining as hell. Uh, you know, he, he booked Undertaker in more matches than anybody else in the history of wrestling. But <laughs> the guy, to me, is so underrated. I mean, when you Definitely. look at Hall of Famers, you yep. look at the people talk about Bobby the Brain and how talented he was. And I'm not taking anything away from that. But he could do everything. But so could Ted, Teddy. Definitely. And I would argue that Teddy was a better babyface. Uh, you know, you think about it as, as, a, yeah. as, a, as a general manager – Adrian, you and I have talked about before, the greatest of all time have to be able to be on both sides of that fence. Definitely. When you look at certain of the talents that we talk about being great, they weren't great on both sides of the fence. Mm. Teddy was. Mm. That's a great point. That's a but great in this, point, man. But in this wedding, acting was not Teddy's strong point. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that heart attack, everybody was like, oh, you've got to be yeah. kidding me. I mean, but, you know. You're going to try to marry Crystal. It was, but it was a little bit too much suspending disbelief. You already had to suspend disbelief that he was um, marrying Crystal. So there was that. This is true. As a TV viewer at the time, was in and out, right? I was watching here and there. I have Mm -hmm. to say, very different. And maybe your your experience is colored because you were there and mm-hmm. I have a similar experience when th- another wedding that I was live for another wrestling wedding. I love that segment so much. I love the whole, <laughs> I don't know what, who decided to book jagged edge. I'm like, yo, what's, what's going on. And then like the, the Godfather came back and mm-hmm. like, you look in the crowd, like I was just showing this to, to uh, my wife and she was like, is that CM Punk? It's like, Oh, he looks so young. What's going on? And like Kendrick is there, and they're like the mm-hmm. you know it's it's a it's 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 an amazing TV segment from a production oh, yeah. point of view. So to so hear you say that they edited the booth, did a pretty good job because I did not notice a thing. I thought the crowd was with it, even because you could see that the whole per- people that were on the opposite side of the camera probably had no view whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm That's I'm true. a big fan. I love Bruce Bruce. Everything about that segment was brilliant to me. <laughs> Thanks. Nice. All right. Well, uh, let's let's get back to you, Greg. I want to see what okay. what do you have for the listeners today? All right. So I had to think about all these different weddings, right? And some of them have been good. Some of them have been bad. Then I was like, oh, the one that stands out to me mm-hmm. is, of course, Miss Stephanie McMahon and, and one Andrew Martin. AKA test mm. or was it really their wedding? Make sure I got the right one here. And all of us are sure to remember, should there be anyone who has cause why this couple should not be united in marriage they must speak now or forever hold their peace. Andrew, do you take Stephanie to be your What's wife? You? How great was this music? It's my favorite. Easy, Vince. Now, I know earlier you said that no family member or anybody that wasn't invited should get involved in this, but I really felt that you should take a look at this. I Hunter take you, Stephanie. I Hunter take you, Stephanie. Uh, for my wife. For my wife. With this ring, I'd be wed. I promise to love you. 
I promise to love you. Donnie, his voice is so high pitched. Days of my life. so good but what it kicked off well before we get to what kicked off i mean that right there was just so unexpected because the whole test thing because you're like test (laughs) so but they played it up so well right i mean because at the time stephanie's big baby face Mm -hmm. vince has gone big baby face they're all like okay that's fine it's test and you're expecting all this to happen you nobody saw this coming nobody Mm -hmm. saw triple h coming out like that and before we go, can't we talk about his underrated theme song that was? That, to me, was one of the best theme songs, dude. Definitely. I love the game, and I love King of Kings, but that one is my time. Man. But, ah, oh, it was just, to me, and then, we talked about suspended disbelief. That was just pure comedy gold to me. Like, him, hi, Stephanie. Oh, dude, it was just so funny. It was just hilarious. But then what it led into where she played st- test like the whole thing was a setup by both of them mm-hmm. where it was like we talk about talking them into the building but talking them into the building is a storyline right it's not just always just that one promo or that one piece and this is a time when they did storylines so well and Definitely. so it was that here's the test piece here's triple h coming out i hate you you know hunter i hate you and Vince getting all mad and then it leads to where she was actually a part of it and turns on Vince. Dude, that whole thing was so well thought out and just launched, I mean, a whole nother era. I mean, what do you guys Definitely. think? I, I'd lead. What do you think about that? One? I mean, that you're, you're getting into like peak when I was like watching wrestling and loving every minute of it. Right. And in retrospect, just how much life imitates, you know, art imitates life and vice versa. Right. That we can do a whole podcast episode on that, on with the, the ramifications and the fallout for that. But purely as a TV segment, I mean, it has all the elements. It has goofy looking Vince looking, you know, astonished that this happened when he's probably done much worse things on, on TV up to this point, and he has to act the part, right? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, how dare you? Um, but I think under uh, overlooked is Stephanie is relatively new to all of this. I mean, she's mm-hmm. done a few things mm-hmm. here and there, but she's in her element. I mean, that just because you're a McMahon doesn't mean you're going to have guaranteed success, but she stepped into the role and she owned it. And she was, and then at the aftermath later when, you know, she's fully in with Hunter and that really develops that character. I mean, there's, there's a complete through line there to like the modern, you know, before she left and she was still an on-screen character, but um, it's really overlooked how well paced that whole process was because the vignettes sell it. 
the vignettes give you mm, that backstory. Definitely. Even if you haven't been watching, they were always really good about giving you that. That's what the WWE has always done really well. That those production packages catch you up mm. in like five minutes and you're back on board. You're well within the story. And that promo finally makes sense, right? Now it's a silly promo. It's, you know, in the context, but it's, you know, he's, that's it's, it shows why he is where he is because as we know with Hunter now with, you know, seeing that kind of that embryonic stage of NXT, he was trying things out and I can see him developing, you know, kind of being the creative type. Cause as we know later, he was in there for these creative meetings. This was kind of his first shot mm-hmm. at leading and telling Vince, well, I like this better. And maybe we could try this. And I'm sure that played a role in, you know, Vince having that confidence in him to take that leadership role. And it was really interesting to see that he's a playing, he's essentially being the player coach, right? He's doing the stuff behind the scenes. And then he's the star, right? This right. is the segment where he was getting put over the top and this was the main segment. This was not Rock. This was not Austin. This was him and, and McMahon. And it was really interesting to see it mm-hmm. develop. Really great segment. Yeah, what do you think, Adrian? Definitely. I meant, though, to echo what Adelie was saying, props to Stephanie McMahon and her reactions and mm-hmm. her I hate you. You could see the tears in her eyes. And it it was something about a baby face damsel in distress stephanie mcmahon back then and it was just a perfect setup for when she when she screwed over her dad Mm. i don't think any of us were none of us expected that none of us at least i didn't for sure Mm. uh but the segment that i brought uh stephanie is playing a mvp role in that as well man yes nice Before we get there, I want to go back to this one. So we just talked about Teddy Long, and we said how horrible his acting was. You just touched (laughs) on how did Stephanie, how well does Stephanie do? How great does Vince sell it? Because to me, Vince wasn't over the top. He wasn't crazy Vince, right? He was like mad. But Tess, too. Tess, this was a big opportunity. You know, you guys just talked about Triple H and how Mm -hmm. this was huge for him. This was mm-hmm. huge for Test. I mean, he was kind of like that mid-carder that was kind of like, you know, he's eh, kind of this floating around, and they put mm-hmm. him in this. This is huge. Mm-hmm. It elevates him. Doesn't never takes him to where they probably wanted him to get to, but it does mm-hmm. elevate him, but it showed his range. Yeah. And that's what I thought it was cool. It's like when you go back and watch it, Shane sells it. Triple H sells it. Test sells it. Vince sells it. And Stephanie puts the icing on the cake. And it's just, to me, it was just like, especially when you look back, because knowing where it goes, it's like, man, Stephanie sold this so well. Not, and not just that week, right? It was a few weeks. It was, and she she played it so well. And that's when, I believe you kind of talked about how new she was into the business. That's when you sat back and go, man, this girl's a natural. Mm-hmm. She had oh something. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. I would say she's better than Vince at the end of the day. I mean, more versatile. I think more Vince is always a little bit low, a little bit over the Vince top. Vince is cartoonish yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was this was one of my favorites. I mean, there's so many to choose from. But this one, when Definitely. I was trying to think of different ones, I was like, oh man, that one popped into my brain because mm-hmm. just the whole drive-through piece was hilarious to me. Just. <laughs> Just, I mean, not not just because they did it, but just by the fact that it exists yeah. is hilarious <laughs> right. to me. Because right. I do remember looking that up after this show going, is this real? And it is, right? And they actually have drive through weddings in Vegas. And, right. And purely nice. purely from like a – because for me, wrestling is a lot of theater. I mean, it really, it really is. Mm-hmm. However many rehearsals they had or run-throughs or with, you know, maybe they, maybe they rehearsed this without the people in the crowd yet. You know, sometimes they opened up the building early like that. They get one shot at this, right? Beyond mm-hmm. the promo Nailed package, it. this is it. it. It's sink or swim. So any one of the players doesn't do their part correctly, it, it kind of crumbles, kind of falls apart a little bit. And and, and you, you, you forget that mm-hmm. suspending disbelief. So everybody played the role per, to perfection, really. Yeah. That's yeah. a fact, man. That's a fact. Adelie, what promo did you bring? 
I will share. So initially, I was gonna share the Teddy Long segment, but I feel like we are, we I could go on for days. I could do a whole half hour on that because I love it. Um, <laughs> but to, I, I'm gonna bring another promo, keeping in the theme of it's not a promo, it's a segment, uh, keeping in the theme of prom, uh, weddings that we've seen live. So I've seen one wedding wrestling wedding live. Um, it was Lucha Underground. You know, surprise, surprise, because <laughs> very local to me. However, it is not the first couple of seasons that everybody exalts, everybody loves. It's kind of towards the end where they were not even shooting episodes in order anymore. And even us watching, we're like, right. when is this going to air? When did this happen? And what led up to this? So we were lost as a crowd. Uh, and it's right. the marriage of Johnny Mundo and Taya Valkyrie or Taya. Um, it's completely ridiculous. But to give you perspective... Um, I was running a pro wrestling club at the time for the school that I worked at uh, at the time. And I got permission. I got all the forms. Everything was legal. And this was our pro wrestling club field trip. So we took the kids to Ooh, this field nice. trip. Uh, chaperones had the whole thing. And the kids, it was cool because the kids were like enthralled. Like, oh, wow, this, this is a production. This isn't just a TV. This isn't just a wrestling show. It's like, yeah, you could be the cameraman. You could. You don't have to be a wrestler. You could do like so many other jobs. You could be a production designer if you wanted. Um, and it's, it's a segment that will speak for itself. Um, it's essentially... The moment the moment we saw the cake come out, I was like, "It's it's it's game on." Somebody's going through that cake, um, and it's it's a classic pro wrestling wedding that's going to get ruined. And I'll leave it at that. So, the wedding of Taya and Johnny Mundo, presided over by Famous B. We are here tonight to witness to join. The wedded bliss of John Edward Mundo and Taya Valkyrie. I now pronounce you man and holy shit, what the hell is that? That's the monster Matanza Cueto and evidently the party has been disrupted by an uninvited guest. Holy! He's backing up and he caught the ball. Why? There we go. Man, Jesus. <laughs> so, what you should know is whoever did the run sheet or the, you know, the order for that day kind of messed up because you think they mm -hmm. would do this last, right? It would fit, wait till the end of the night. It's going to be... Think? No, smack dab in the middle of the night. So you had cleaning crew wiping, <laughs> like frosting off the robes. It was a mess and a half. I mean, the people were like grabbing pieces of the table with the frosting to take it was It was incredibly messy. Great segment once everything was set up. It was fun. But again, it was recorded out of order. We had no clue what the, where this was leading up to. There was a, a there was a gentleman there, uh, one of the wrestlers. Um, I know he's really, but anyway, he has like a doll, and that hadn't been introduced yet, so none of it made sense. So we're just reacting. We're like, okay, it's a wrestling wedding. What are you going to do about it? Um, right. <laughs> Mad of all because live, uh, we we had good good seats. We weren't behind because it's a very small arena, um, but it was it was fun. It was what it was, and um, Matanza was kind of on the trail end. I think they were about to kill him off on the show. Um, and sorry mm. for those listeners that last time I ruined the fact that uh Prince Puma is, is Ricochet. I got news for you guys. <laughs> Jeff Cobb's a really nice guy. That's all I'm saying. Thoughts, gentlemen. What do you guys think? And it was a short clip. Nah, that was that was fun, man. That was definitely fun. And I can only imagine being like that close, as close as you guys were. That was one thing I always loved about Lucha Underground setup. It was so intimate. And you guys are like right on top of all of the action. So, and shout out to Famous B. I yeah. almost forgot about my guy. I loved him. He was one of my favorites during Super Underground. Yep. And I need to look up what he's doing now because he was he was awesome, man. I I loved I loved Famous B. He was hilarious. Yeah, for me, that was um, it it was good from the standpoint of like. 
so predictable that you knew, like <laughs> yes. you said, we see it when you see the cake or whatever. But the nice thing about it is you got some workers who don't mind going through a lot. Like mm-hmm. those chair spots, I mean, not table, the table spots were rough. And so, and, and honestly, Mundo's not the person I would expect to be in that. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just that has never been him, right? That's he's always been the the cool dude, or he's always the the high flyer or something. He's not the character like that. Mm-hmm. And normally, normally you have characters doing this type of stuff, yeah. right? And that one, which which is cool because also this is real life, one, yeah. right? But mm-hmm. it's uh, I think that's probably something they probably look back on pretty fun. Um, I think that's a fun one. But I think that hearing you talk about it and that how everything was out of context and you're kind of sitting there going, like, I don't even know what's happening. Like, <laughs> what, what, how do we get here? Where are we going after this? And to your point, why would you do that in the middle of the show? <laughs> like, why are you thinking? Like, especially in a show like that, because they're taping multiple shows, mm-hmm. right? So I just can't imagine that. Like, I, I'm, I, I, obviously, I never went there, but I went to Center Stage back in the day when they taped monster number of shows i can't imagine them doing that in the middle right mm-hmm. and then having to clean up all that because it would take forever I'm and sure. my memory is like not the best all the time but i specifically remember them cleaning and it was like no because we were gonna they were they were gonna record more they were gonna keep going for the, mm-hmm. for the rest of the night but to your point these later seasons of lucha underground especially that one just got weird they were like we don't mm-hmm. know what's gonna happen here, so we're just gonna throw stuff at the at the wall and see what sticks, and and we're just gonna have fun with it for better or worse. Um, this was one of the ones Definitely. that if I'd seen it on TV, I probably wouldn't have given it a passing thought as much, but or I probably would have stopped and watched it. But I knew what was gonna happen, so I'm like, <laughs> oh, I wonder how how this is gonna play it on TV, and this, if it's gonna be just as fun. And it was, it was, it was silly, it was incredibly predictable, like you said. But sometimes that's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that we we have multiple Lucha Underground uh, segments on this podcast <laughs> because that that honestly that was one of my favorite moments of pro wrestling. At least during that time, it was so unique, so different. It was almost bizarre, but also shot beautifully at times. The cinematic scenes or whatnot. It, I loved it. I personally loved it. I know a lot of purists hated it. I know Cornette hated it but i loved lucha underground man i loved and appreciated it for sure but uh let's let's get into my segment um man when it comes down to it i'm an attitude error kid and i couldn't escape it i wanted to i wanted to do the macho man uh liz wedding reception and that segment and all that that was beautiful of course, you had uh, Edge and Lita with Kane interrupting. I wanted to do that, but damn it, I had to go with my heart. And my segment has to do with Undertaker, Stephanie McMahon, and the conquering hero, the guy who could, the guy, despite his hate for his boss, who stepped up to do the right thing. And that was Stone Cold. Mm. And Steve Austin, well, I guess he just showed his true colors as well. Paul, let the ceremony begin. Vince tried to live up to the the agreement. He wasn't there. This is so sickening. This demonic human being. What kind of ceremony? I have no idea. Dearly beloved, we began to hear the singing. To join Stephanie Mo- and <laughs> the unholy wedlock with the Lord of Darkness. Oh, wedlock? It's a marriage! 
ceremony. Stephanie Marie McMahon will step from the light on this evil cesspool mortal world into the sanctuary of eternal darkness. Keeping this in mind, will you, Stephanie Marie McMahon, accept the purity of evil and take the Lord of darkness as your master and your spouse? Hell knows he's not. Wait a minute, look, look, there's Shamrock, Kim Shamrock, Shamrock with a ball there. But Shamrock taken down quickly by the acolytes. Oh, no! That's 500 pounds of viscera. Just broke Shamrock apart. They trapped him, they trapped him before he had a chance to use that bell, that bat. Hold on, hold on. 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 Hold her body, her mind, her soul, and even her breath unto yourself and allow her to bear your offspring. Yes! Look! The Big Show! The Big Show's here! It's showtime! And the Big Show just caught Farouk! And here comes the big man in Bisra attacking the Big Show. Right hand by. The Big Show's getting through the line of defense. The Big Show is swinging. The Big Show is destroying whatever. Oh, God. Oh, Undertaker just shot the big ball bat. Undertaker just hit the jacked. Big Show with the ball bat. And they're on him now. They're by on the him. power vested in me by the Lord of Darkness, I now pronounce you as the unholy union of darkness, you may now kiss your bride. Oh, for God's sake. God, here he comes. So cold. So cold. So cold of the Undertaker. Going toe to toe. Minion from behind. Austin, fight for all he's got. The ceremony is over! The ceremony's over! Good God! Austin oh, oh, with a steel tear! He didn't do it for the love of Vince McMahon! Now goes Nessera! He just did it because it was right! What a shot! Don't cold! Weapons in hand! Assaulting the ministry! Don't cold! I guarantee you, he didn't do this for Vince McMahon. He's doing it because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah, man, that was it. That was it. Um, much, much like the first segment that we referenced, where everyone played their roles to perfection. I think in this segment, it even goes further mm. when you're talking about the commentary team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. JR and Cornette were bringing it together. Mm -hmm. When you have uh when you when you have uh Paul Bear asking Stephanie, obviously she's screaming, she's shrieking no at this point. <laughs> He's like, Will you take your you know, will you take take her as your husband? And she's screaming no, and JR's like, You heard her say no, damn it. Like, you know, <laughs> it's it's that kind of stuff, man. And then you add some of the guys who came out, Ken Shamrock and Big Show, mid-card baby yeah. faces at the time, trying to be their heroes, but they get their ass kicked by, by these guys. And it takes the one guy, the one guy, the last, in fact, the last guy that Vince would ever imagine mm. to try to help him in any way whatsoever. Stone Cold ultimately doing the right thing. And Cornette brought it home toward the end of that saying stone cold did the right thing mm -hmm. it was the right thing to do and it was it was just i mean i loved it man what are what are your thoughts out of it's it's funny because we we watched the segment and there's this pete towards the end where stephanie is like appreciating stone cold right she's like and he's conflicted mm -hmm. he's like this isn't me i'm 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 not this 
you know, I'm not the I'm not the good guy that's here to save the damsel in distress, but he takes it, right? He's like, it's the right thing to do. And it fit his character at the time because he was still anti-authority, he was still, you know, corporate or corporate ministry, whatever it became. But it was an interesting segment, you know. We can get into, you know, the the evolution of the Undertaker. This was very clearly me one of my favorite like Undertaker, you know, eras because it was so spooky and you know, he was really mm-hmm. leaning into that cult aspect and stuff that was polar opposite of anything that we'd see any other character on on the screen. But going back to it, props to Stephanie McMahon because she makes the segment. Without her, I love the 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 descriptor you use with shrieking. It's not yelling. It's mm-hmm. not asking for it's right. literal shrieking that pierces your she's I mean, those mics don't pick up right. everything and they are picking up her voice. You better believe it. Um, but yeah, I really thoroughly enjoyed the segment. And funny enough, when I was doing research for, for this, for the pod, this is one of the ones that I showed my wife and she's probably tired because yeah. I showed her so many wrestling re- wedding segments at this point, <laughs> but it's like, oh, wow. And they, a lot of us like, oh, wow, she looks so young or, oh, wow. The undertaker just had a goatee. <laughs> but anyway, she, she enjoyed it as well. And like, right. like, except the part with the cross and stuff, she's like, wait, is that supposed to be kind of sacrilegious? I'm like, yeah. It was yeah. the attitude era. That was kind yeah. of the thing. Yeah, this is a fact. Greg, what about you, man? Man, you pointed out a few things um, about the uh, the commentating team. As they're talking, it's like, and, and I believe you kind of pointed out the evolution of the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. But what about the evolution of Paul Bear? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the way he's talking, what he's saying, how he's saying it is so different than when they were the dead man mm-hmm. and, the, and the funeral director, if you will. Right. Um, it was just like, ah, oh, he was so good. Yeah. He was so good. And then, like you said about, about Stephanie shrieking, it was a shriek of desperation. It wasn't a shriek of, I'm just screaming or I'm just shrieking. It was a, you could feel it in her facials right. were like, I don't know what else to do. What am I going to do is very much that damsel in distress to use a catchphrase, but a legit one, right? It was very right. believable. Like, like it wasn't a constant screech. It was a screech. And then a facial of like, I don't know what to do. Um, Ken Shamrock just tried. I don't know what to do. Big show just tried. I don't know what to do. You hear the crowd to start to chant Austin. But the crowd's kind of like, he ain't coming. I mean, because if they if they really thought he was, they would have been going crazy chanting Austin. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think it was that type of, he may be our only hope. You know, it's like, and that's what was so cool about this segment, because Taker was so different and so demonic at the time, mm-hmm. which is interesting, because you think about the Attitude Era, and people say, oh, the characters didn't work. Yeah, they did. Because Taker was a character. Yeah. He became the American badass later, but he was a character that was working. And Paul Bearer was a character that was working different than it was when he debuted. But I think that's that's to your point, like this was a very cool synopsis of different promo styles mm-hmm. of what they're used to. Like when I think Paul Bearer, that's not what I think about. When I think Undertaker, that was not what I think about. But mm-hmm. that is what I think about when I hear Jim Ross. Mm-hmm. And when you hear Jim Ross today, I'm like, oh, man, could we have that yeah. one back? The passionate mm-hmm. one, the one that cares, the one that's invested. Um, and then Jim Cornette, to me, is one of the best color guys of all time. I mean, he's just – he adds something different. Um, King was great. King had a very different style and a different – delivery and some of the quick quick you know whips and stuff like that Mm -hmm. or the quips but Cornette could bring could bring that but he could also bring these other pieces of the elements right and that and I thought that was cool because like you said when he said that about Austin it was like he brought it together and it was was just very cool it's a it's a good segment it's a really good segment yeah it was one always one of my favorites that was Instant, like I said, instantly one of the first ones that I thought of, but I 
I was like, man, you got to do macho, Liz. You got to do that. And I was like, nah, I got to do that unholy wedding, man. There's so many out there, man. There was, yeah. I mean, if I can give you an honorable mention that I thought about was the one with Billy and Chuck. Yes. Oh my God. And I I didn't pick it because I thought maybe y'all, y'all were going to because not just how good they were, but Bischoff. Yeah. Oh man. I don't know if you've ever heard him tell that story. Of that whole day, have y'all ever heard him talk they about? They didn't that? know it was him, right? Mm-mm. He was under makeup. The they had day. no clue because he hadn't been there. He hadn't been in the right. in, even in the um in the company. So they had him come do that. He was in makeup, and he said he talked to everybody from Stephanie <laughs> to like walked around and talked to everybody in character the whole day. But nobody That's had a clue. Insane, it was him. Man. Nobody. And I'm like, man, he said it was the most fun he's ever had. And it's just like, I've heard him tell it a couple of different right. times. And it's just like, you could just see it when he, when he talks about it, it should be one of those, um, something we look at one day, just him talking about it because it's just like, he has so much fun. But can I tell you one other wedding that I went to? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't have video because it was an independent mm. show, but, and this is many years ago and it's, they used to run this weekly show downtown Atlanta and we would go. And they ran, they did a wedding and this was, and of course, tradition, all the same stuff, right? Just have the wedding. Somebody interrupts. Da, 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 da. Dude, they had this crowd so wrapped into their hands that when they did the wedding, fans brought gifts. Wow. Nice. <laughs> and when I mean gifts, I don't mean like flowers. I mean, China. What? I mean, silverware. What? <laughs> it's like, yo, this is beautiful. Yes, man. It was. That's awesome. Awesome. But it also tells you that, you know, people do buy in and they get into it. And it's, but, you know, it's, again, it was, I wish I had video. Like, if I had video of it, you mm-hmm. would just see. That's and, cool. I mean, I remember, yeah, it's just talking to somebody afterwards was like, they were like, oh, when they, we saw they brought gifts. we got them i'm like yeah and it wasn't like one or two gifts it was several and it's like what are y'all gonna do with it they ended up donating them Ah, but they they kept them they didn't give them back they kept them but they gave them they donated them to some charity but which was cool but i was just like man how awesome is that? Like you had them sucked into a different level, man. It was just, you, it was awesome. You didn't just talk. You didn't just talk them in the building. You talk some gifts and yeah, the building dude, as well. You so. talked them to the store. <laughs> you talked them to buy, spend <laughs> money them to the registry, right? But you talked, you them, talked them to, to the registry. <laughs> like what? You this talked them into of, buying uh, something better than the other one. <laughs> And then you talked them into <laughs> buying a ticket. So not only did they spend money on you for a ticket, they spent money on you for a gift. I'm like, man, yeah, that's it wild. was awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, last segment, as always, um, is promos surround us. We pick a promo. We pick a moment outside of professional wrestling to prove how powerful and how important the promo is. and. One, it was one in pop culture that just stood out to me immediately, being a 90s baby. And it's the classic tale of the underdog, the underdog nerd character falling in love with the pompous, sometimes a heel, sometimes a baby face, rich socialite uh, young lady. And that story that I have for you guys comes from A Different World, Mm. which is a 90s classic. And the moment I have is when Dwayne Wayne interrupted Whitley Gilbert's wedding Mm. and basically basically, uh, walked, walked away the winner. Go on, Reverend. Go on. I can't until she responds. Well, she means yes. Well, she's got to say yes. <laughs> I will. Will you? Bless it on those who ask the questions, brother. 
desperately. Oh. I love you, and if you'll have me, I want you to be my wife. What the hell are you doing? Hey, I'm sorry, Byron. I love her. Dad, yes, Dad. Let him go, man. Will you have me, Dwayne, as your lawfully wedded husband from this day forth to having a home and richer for poorer? Baby, please, please. I do. That's that one, man. That's that's a classic moment in a lot of households in the '90s, man. Classic Ooh. moment. Love the live audience reaction because that's that's shot in front of a live crowd. There ain't no laugh track there, man. And that that really adds so right. much to it. Yeah, man. that was yes. long-term storytelling. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> that yes. was really long-term storytelling. If you go back to the roots of that. They hated mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were mortal enemies. He was a nerd. No mm-hmm. woman liked him or cared anything about the guy. Mm-hmm. Once he got out of school, that's when he got the, or it was even before he graduated. Didn't he go over to J- Japan like a summer or something mm-hmm. to work for that big company? And then he comes back and he's dressing nice <laughs> and he looks all confident because he's making this money. And Whitley on the other end, she comes to uh, Hillman as the rich, spoiled brat. Mm -hmm. And throughout her college days, she's struggling more. And she gets to the point where she's looking at him like, man, he's he's blowing up. He's doing good. He's actually looking good. I care about him. Mm -hmm. Then they get together. They break up. And then it, it gets to this point where she gives up and she goes with Byron, this older guy who's established the perfect husband, frankly, for her. And she ignores all of that. She ignores her mom. Shout out to Diane Carroll, classic <laughs> actress and terrific performance by, by her mother. And she ignores all of that to go back to Dwayne. It's, it's a, it's a like I said, it's a memorable segment for a lot of our households. Everybody, every I mean, if you didn't watch A Different World, please go back and at <laughs> least check it out because after the first season, go second season on, you got some really high quality TV. Greg, what are your thoughts? I know you, I know you saw this, you experienced. Oh, for it. sure, for sure. I mean, Willie was the heel, man. Hit Willie. Yeah. I mean, from the moment Denise hit that campus. And we started watching in the first season. I know you said just skip the first season, but I can't. Yeah, the first season. So as soon as she hit, as soon as she hit that first that first season, Dwayne was after after Denise. Oh yeah, if you yeah. remember, and Denise being from the Cosby Show. If for anybody who is not mm-hmm. familiar, a different world was a spinoff of the yeah. Cosby Show. Denise was there for like a year, <laughs> but that was it. Um, but and Marissa Tomei was in there too. But yep, she uh, was in season one. And, um, but then, yeah, so she was the heel for the longest. She was the one that was screwing over everybody else. She was the one that was, you know, the, the rich kid and, and all of that. So you kind of see that whole evolution, right? It's kind of like, you look at that whole story arc. It's like, like you just said, and then they kind of go back and forth and she kind of makes a face turn and goes back to being a heel and then boom, right back to being a face. So, you know, I got to bring it back to wrestling, but, definitely, um, definitely. Yeah, that, I, mean, I think by that time of that show, I will say this, it kind of jumped the shark, but mm-hmm. it was still a big piece, right? It was still, it was later into the show, but such a good show, man. That that yes. whole show from, from Jump, I mean, even even season one had a lot of good moments and mm-hmm. a lot of real, real talk, 
especially for the time, mm-hmm. because at the time we did not have a lot of shows with real talk. Mm-hmm. Definitely. We had a Definitely. lot of fantasy shows. Yeah. And Definitely. Man, for sure, but that was a big moment. And I remember that 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 being what they used to call water cooler talk, yeah, right? You always yeah. you heard about yeah. it the next day. Nowadays you hear about it on Twitter or TikTok mm-hmm. blowing up or reaction videos and stuff like that. And you would like if it happened if that thing happened today, you would have those reaction videos. You would have all that just blow up. Boom. Um but back then it was like, Man, did you see a different world <laughs> last night? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was that was a awesome awesome Fun. moment in TV history. What a time to be alive if you were a mm-hmm. '90s baby, or at least in the '90s existing. Mm-hmm. But fellas, sure. man, this was a awesome awesome episode. Uh, I wish everyone, I wish you guys and your significant others a terrific Valentine's Day, listeners. I wish you guys the same. Um, one thing we can all agree on, one thing we can all say that we love is obviously the promo of professional mm-hmm. wrestling. So we're very thankful for y'all to spend some time with us. We're a couple episodes in. We're building something great, fellas, and I'm looking forward to our next episode for sure. You guys got any last thoughts or anything? One of the things, you know, wish everybody a happy Valentine's Day. I know that you know one thing we do love is the promo. We love professional wrestling. That's one thing we can all agree upon, right? Um, and so, I mean, that's about it for now. I love doing this podcast, and I appreciate everybody who's listening, who's you know subscribed to it. Uh, we, we definitely want your feedback. You know, get tell us definitely. some promos you want us to talk about, some storylines you want us to talk about, anything, uh, anything that's promo related, even if it's not wrestling. Yeah, I mean, there's promos around us all the time so just hit us up send us some clips and let us talk about them and we'll react the same way Mm -hmm. that we were pontificating about a different time because you know we love the promo and you know there's so many places so those of you that are listening thank you for your support likewise i will uh echo that and we love your show ideas too so if there's anything any we've been talking about analyzing pro wrestlers and their evolution so if you have a favorite that you want us to look at, you know, shout it out. Oh yeah. Well, listeners, we will see you guys in two weeks uh, for another episode of Talk Them in the Building. Mm-hmm.